Oh, wow. You guys are all visiting, having a good time. Good morning, everybody. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. If any kids want to come up and sing, they're welcome to come join us. This is the day. Most Sundays, you can find me right here at the Welcome and Information Desk in Mission Central. I'm the member of the hospitality team that doesn't walk around the building. I stay right here where you can find me. If you are new to our service, please pick up a welcome packet that you can find at the back of the sanctuary at the Connection site. And for everyone, we would like for you to fill out a friendship card. If you would like to receive our newsletter, be sure to fill in your address. On the back, you can put down prayer concerns, blessings, or notes to the staff. Welcome to Pendleton Center Church, and have a good day. We are glad to have you here. If you see Julie, stop by and say hello. She'd love that. I did want to mention a few things. First of all, cantata tonight. We're going to have a wonderful concert here. Got a big orchestra. A choir fills all the way across here. Come and join us for an evening of music. And cookies, cookies, lots of cookies. And also, I'd like to mention that we have our Advent play next Saturday afternoon. Begins at noon. There have been different times, people have said. And also, if you'd like to go Christmas caroling that next Saturday afternoon, they're going to be going somewhere around 12.30, 1 o'clock. Talk to Louis uh, Bobstein or Adrian Foley about that. I, we also have something about the, the, the youth in a survey. What is that, Pastor Sherry? Oh, um, the youth for the youth retreat. We're going to be playing a, a Christian version of uh, Family Feud. And so we have uh, forms out at the information desk out there, the Welcome Center, um, because we, we need to collect the first 100 sp uh, responses for, the, for this so that we can play the game. So if you're interested in helping us out with that, that'd be great. So go ahead and fill those out if you can. That'd be great. Speaking of filling it out, you, you've got a little green card in your, in your bulletin. That's for Christmas Eve. We do invite people to let us know which service they think they're coming to. That just helps us for a lot of reasons. If you sign up for 5 and come at 7, nobody's going to say, sorry, you don't have a ticket or something. You're still welcome, so you can come any service you want. But put down the one you think you're coming to. We appreciate that. There are two clipboards floating around somewhere. I have no idea where they are. One is for flowers and the other is for communion elements. So if you're interested in that, you're going to have to find them because I have no idea where they've gone. And this Wednesday night, we're going to have our Wednesday night activities and a party. So come join us for that. That's a lot of stuff to talk about. Let's, let's talk to God in prayer, shall we? Dear God in heaven, we thank you for this morning. And we pray that you'll anoint us with your blessing. You'll pour your Holy Spirit into this place that we might be prepared to meet the living God. Touch us, move us, be with us, and bless us. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Third week of Advent, and so as we light our Advent candles this morning, Hear these words from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, 
but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I'd like to invite the frogs to come up. They've prepared some special music for us this morning. I'd like to invite you to stand as we're going to sing to the Lord a song that I'm not sure what it is. Once in Royal David City, I suspect. Shout 
your neighbor with the peace of the spirit well i'm going to invite the children to come up and put an ornament on the tree if any children want to put an ornament on the tree they're welcome to come on up see if we can get them near the tree <laughs> You hurt your chin? Oh, that's not a good thing. Oh. Well, that's not the best of things, is it? No. You guys have your ornament on the tree. Come on over here. If you wouldn't mind. If you'd be so kind. It's nice to see you all. Good morning. Last week we talked about Mary who gave birth to Jesus. She was Jesus' mother. Did anybody know who Mary was married to? Well, sort of, but Joseph, yeah, Joseph. And so we've got Joseph today. Joseph had a dream, and he was told that it was okay to be Mary's husband. And so he went home, and he made Mary his wife. They actually had other children besides Jesus. They had a fellow by the name of Jude and James. And they had sisters, too. Yeah. So Joseph and Mary became husband and wife. Now, they're not ready to go to the manger yet. you got to wait a little bit longer for that, right? Are you getting tired of waiting for Christmas? Don't you wish it was here yesterday? <laughs> yeah, but if it was yesterday, you wouldn't have anything. It would be all gone. Oh, no, not yesterday. Tomorrow, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, we have to wait. Sometimes we have to wait. They had to wait until God was ready to bless them, okay? So they're going to they're gonna be here. Now, the wise men, it's a little early to talk about the wise men, but they're, they're not going to make it here for Christmas. They're way over there. Do you see them? Because they've got a long ways to come. I mean, if you were as small as them, it would take you a while to get here, wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, there's actually, there's three of them up there, yeah, with camels. Yeah. They're on their way. Yeah. Maybe if they rode those camels instead of walking, it'd be easier, right? But they didn't. So they're going to be here in a little while. Next week, we'll have somebody else here with us, okay? So what are you guys thankful for this morning? You want to share something? Raise your hand. My family and friends. My mom. Play with the poker stick. Family. My sisters, friends and family. Friends and family. Family. 
Mom. My pets. But, um, Clifford. All right. Everybody? Okay. You too? Did I say something? Okay. All right. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for all the great blessings to you give to us. Our moms, our dads, our pogo sticks, and Clifford. Bless us today. Bless us always. Just as you blessed Mary and Joseph so many years ago. Be with us today and always. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, you guys can all go out to church school now. The children are welcome to go out to church school. They'd like to at this time. I want to mention that this week we do have a mission moment, and it's kind of a special one because the mission mission moment uh, offering this week is for our Good Samaritan Fund, which actually goes to help people within our own church. Most of the funds we use to help folks that get into a problem or have difficulties or just struggle generally in life to make ends meet uh, comes from the offering we take up this weekend. So if you can give an extra gift this weekend to help with the Good Samaritan Fund, we would appreciate that. I'm thankful for the gifts people give for, for things like the Good Samaritan Fund. I'm thankful for all the blessings God gives to us. And as we're thankful, let's return our thanksgiving with our morning tithes and our offerings.
Heavenly Father, we do give you thanks and praise for this day, that we have the opportunity to gather together and worship you. Lord God, we just celebrate your presence among us. We are so grateful. We ask, Lord God, that you accept these gifts, our tithes and our offerings. Bless them and give us wisdom to know how to best use them for the furtherance of your kingdom. Lord God, especially this morning, bless the offering made for our Good Samaritan Fund. We pray in Jesus' name that it will be useful to those that you have appointed to receive it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. We have all kinds of joys in our hearts this morning. I think this, in my, my personal and humble opinion, the snow held off long enough, and now it's time for a nice light dusting like we're getting today. Um, we'll see what happens. Um, what a blessing it is to um, be entering into this Advent season and Christmas approaching so beautifully. We um, do have a couple of concerns that we want to lift up before you. Um, Dan Furman, who is uh, Pam Furman's brother-in-law, is um, in the last stages of cancer, and he is going to be dying probably fairly soon, and they are very much in, in grieving over this loss. Um, so keep that family lifted up, along with all families who are um, dealing with such troubles. And there is a special note here for us to be in prayer for youth, for youth from all of our communities, in particular the community in, in this area, but um, so many of our youth are um, afflicted by addiction to drugs and other substances, and we just pray for them. We pray for their families. Uh, let's keep them lifted up this season. You are welcome to join me in prayer from your seats or to join me um, at the prayer rail, standing or kneeling. Um, come and pray. Heavenly Father, as we quiet our hearts in prayer, knowing that you hear us, that you answer us, that you know what we need before we even ask, and yet you call us to cry out to you, to lift up those things in our hearts that are a burden to us, Lord know that where we are having times where we are in joy that you celebrate with us as well and you want to share that. Father, we pray in Jesus' name for all of those who are sick and infirm at this time. Father, we just lift them up before you and pray for mercy. We pray that you would touch them in their spirits and their souls and in their bodies, that you would bring them healing, that you would draw them near to yourself and help them, Lord. We pray, Lord God, that you would give wisdom and compassion to their caregivers, that caring for one in need would be a blessing, it would be time of joy and 
compassion and heart. Lord God, we pray for those who are grieving losses. This time of the year, there's always such a mix of emotions. We're in preparation with joy and wonder, desiring to make this holiday that we honor you with a joyful time and a wonderful time. At the same time, Lord, there are many things that weigh on us. We remember with joy and with sadness those who are no longer with us. Help us, Lord. Help us to receive joy that comes from you. We know the joy of the Lord is our strength. Help us, Lord, to be comforted and to be a source of comfort, comfort by your Holy Spirit to one another. Lord God, we pray in Jesus' name for all of those who are living in places where they are in fear, whether it be just the neighborhoods that they live in, Lord God, or if they live in war-torn nations, places where there is strife and trouble that becomes violent, we just ask in Jesus' name for your peace to enter into them, for your peace that passes all understanding to guard their hearts and their minds, to draw them near to yourself, and trust in your eternal salvation. Give them hope, Lord. And Lord God, we just pray that you would make us, as your church, to be a blessing, to carry the light of Christ with us wherever we go and allow it to shine brightly. Help us, Lord, that those who see us would be drawn toward you, would be drawn to the message of Christmas, God with us, coming to be among us, and that God desires to be among all. God desires to be received by all. Let us be that message. Wash over us, Lord, as we hear your word, as we sing the songs of praise, as we prepare our own hearts and celebrate. Make us ready for all those you will put in our path. Be with Pastor Tom as he delivers the message you've given him. Let it be a blessing to him and to us. Lord God, we pray now that all of our worship would be an acceptable offering to you, that you would be blessed by it. We came to worship you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Shall we hear from the word of the Lord?
Good morning. Today's scripture reading is from Ephesians, chapter 4, verses 17 through 24, and chapter 5, verses 8 through 13. So I tell you this, and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do, in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. That, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught, with regard to your former way of life, to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth and find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is the word of the Lord. You better watch out, you better not cry, you better not pout, I'm telling you why, Santa Claus is coming to town. He's making a list and checking it twice, he's gonna find out who's naughty and nice, Santa Claus is coming to town. He sees you when you're sleeping, he knows when you're You better watch out, you better not shout, you better not cry, I'm telling you what. He's going to find out who's naughty and who's nice. How do we define what's naughty and what's nice anymore? How do we know what's right and what's wrong? We've been talking about the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You all know self-control for some reason. You're going to have to work on that self-control. Goodness. I want to talk to you about goodness. How do we know what's good? Joseph was, it says in the Bible, a righteous man. He was what we would call good. He did the right thing most of the time. And so when his fiancée came home from visiting her cousin Elizabeth and he found that she was five or six months pregnant, he said, what? This is going to mess with everything he thought. Everything he thought about marriage, everything he thought about Mary, everything he thought about life. All he wanted was a normal life. You know, raise a family, have a nice little home, nothing special. It doesn't say he had any grand ambitions to be anybody huge. He just wanted a regular life. And now the woman that he loves 
and has planned his life around seems to be unfaithful. So he has a hard choice. Either he turns his back on her or he turns his back on everything he's always thought is right. What do you do? It feels like we're getting caught in that kind of mix a lot lately. A frustration where we can't tell what's right and what's wrong. And where our life just doesn't seem to be turning out the way we thought it would. Our jobs, our relationships, our finances, our homes. They just seem confused nowadays as we can't figure out which way we should turn. Paul says in this passage from Ephesians, I tell you this and I insist on it, Lord, you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. But it feels futile. It, it feels like it's so hard to navigate our world. Which way's right? Which voice do we listen to? Who's got the answer to what we're looking for? In verse 12 of the next chapter, it says, It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. Not anymore. People seem to live out loud. It seems to be okay to be rude and crude and do everything that, well, uh, I never thought you were supposed to be. People might have done that in secret forever, but now it seems like it's everywhere. Everywhere. It's become the new normal. And that just seems Have you ever felt like it, it, it appears as if people are telling us that what's right is wrong and what's wrong is right? And we're not sure which way to turn. And the difficulty is, is, is we also have this odd occurrence where we argue over little things and accept huge things. Jesus talked about a culture that, that would, would swat away gnats and swallow a camel. And sometimes I think we're like that too. It's, it's Advent season, the time we, we start looking forward to Christmas. And inevitably, somebody's going to argue about the fact that they didn't have the right Christmas song at school. They didn't put the manger out at the town park. But when I talk to parents about them going to visit colleges, it is such a rare exception that they tell me they look for a good church. But they even considered whether there was a church anywhere near the college or university where their kids are going to be bombarded with all sorts of messages that go against all the things you've taught them, you will not have anybody there to say anything else because that doesn't matter. What really matters more is, are the apartments they're going to live in have the right appointments? We swallow camels. We've come to accept all kinds of things that, honestly, years ago, we would never even consider and get arguing about the littlest of things. They said a word wrong. They made a comment, a slip of the tongue. And we make it into huge things. And then there are the huge things. Having lost all sensitivity, they've given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity. And they are full of greed. We go after things that will, will touch our senses. Some special taste, some special feeling, or, or, or something that will excite us. 
Our life has become obsessed about sex, obsessed about games, obsessed about all kinds of things that don't really matter. They don't, they don't sustain us for more than a moment. They don't even please us very long. Oh my gosh, we are going to live as a region obsessed with whether the Buffalo Bills win today. Really? Really? Think about it. Honestly, I know. I'm, 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 I'm preaching sacrilege right now, but really, really, your life will go on. People get angry about it and talk about it at work the next day, but they let the things that matter slide by, and we end up with this sense of an emptiness because it's just it's just short-term things that don't satisfy our soul. They don't sustain us a quick high instead of a, a full joy because somehow we've lost the goodness. Underneath all the clutter, underneath all the confusion, it really is still true. Joseph was faced with a, with a hard decision. It was confusing. He wasn't sure what to do. He had an idea of what he should do, but he did something that most of us have heard when you've got a difficult decision to make, sleep on it. And he went to sleep, and an angel of the Lord appeared to him in his dream and told him what he should do. Don't be afraid, Joseph to take Mary home to be your wife, to live a full life with her. It's all right. God says it's okay. The story about this being God's child that she told you is true. Now that's really off the charts when you think about it. I mean, you know, how many of you, if your girlfriend came home and told you that she was six months pregnant and said it was God's child, would say, yeah, I, I, I buy that. But the angel told him in his dream it was true. And the truth was there. In verse 8 of, of, uh, of this fifth chapter, it says, You were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists of goodness, righteousness, and truth. The fruit of God is that we will, we will naturally be fruitful people and be good. We're not living in darkness. God has put a light on it. And the goal is that we're going to live into that light and expose everything, everything that's false, everything that's dark, everything that's a lie to the truth of God. It says in verse 11. Now this doesn't have to be harsh. Ephesians in another chapter says to us, instead speaking the truth in love, will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. Speaking the truth in love, not judging, not it being hurtful, not trying to find some way to, 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 to insult someone. The goal is that we become mature. Are you really feeling like you live in a mature society these days with the way people are acting? It, it, it looks more and more like we're, we're, we're living in a society of teenagers. No offense to the teenagers. I think our teenagers, in many ways, have it more together than a lot of our adults. So don't no offense to the adults. Now, the truth is, we we have these things going on in our lives that are confusing us, causing us to feel great confusion, and some of the messages. Just get to the point where we can't be sure what we're supposed to think. 
Show that first video for me, Corey. For all you Friendsgiving hosts, invite who you want, not who you must. Serve a turkey. Don't serve a turkey. Bring classic flaky crescent rolls or not-so-classic pizza sticks. And don't forget something sweet and golden brown, fresh from the oven. Set the table. Set the coffee table. Set no table at all. The only rule to follow on Friendsgiving is make it your own. Happy Friendsgiving. What the heck is Friendsgiving? Can anybody tell me? I heard that on TV and I said, what? What? Wait a what? what? Friendsgiving? Do whatever you want. Have whatever you want. Don't set a table. Just sit on the floor. Do anything that pleases your fancy. Just make sure you've got poppin' fresh dough. Because that is the key to happiness in life. Now, I got to tell you, when I was young, we used to have rolls and sweet things. My mother would make them for us. They were made from something called scratch. I know most of you don't even know what scratch is. Okay? And, and we, would, we would smell that sweetness going through the house. But nowadays, what we're being told by this uh, commercial is that it doesn't matter. You can really do anything you want. Just make sure you open up a, a bin of these little guys, stick them here. Is there more in here? Ah. And they don't even have to be made right. Just throw them on there. It'll work. And pop those babies in the oven, and life will be good. Now, now the difficulty is, is that it's a fake thing. It's not real. It isn't true that you can believe whatever you want. It's not okay to think whatever comes into your mind. We're living in a strange world where, where the artificial has become the normal. Is this your Christmas tree? Is this what it looks like? You know, in the 1970s, we had some even real cooler ones. They were made of silver, and they had these lights that went round and round in circles. Thank God that didn't catch on. Now, I like the white Christmas tree for our, for our angel trees because it makes them stand out. We've got like three or four left, some of the older kids. We need to get them Christmas, okay? But in a general sense, if everybody starts making the Christmas trees look like this, they won't look like that anymore. We'll start to think normal is fake. Just as we're starting to think that this is the way we all make biscuits. Now, I know we want to blame the voices in our culture. We want to say it's the media's fault. We, we want to say it's the advertiser's fault. I'm going, to, I'm going to show you that the advertisers are amoral. I don't want you to hear that wrong. Some of them are moral, but they're generally, as, as a business, they're amoral. They're really not concerned with good or bad. They're concerned with selling. And if they think that the culture that they're speaking to wants to hear about God, they will make sure God is in the commercial. See? Watch. Baking holiday cookies has always been a family tradition at our house. It's easy with Pillsbury sugar cookies. I just slice, shape, and bake. And the cookies come out hot and fresh. And Jim and the kids do the decorating. <laughs> How about a, a green Santa Claus? Oh, Daddy. I know there's a green Santa Claus, but did you see the angel? Did you pick that up? That angel wasn't just accidentally put there. 
National commercials are not made by accident. Every little piece is considered. And they knew Christians were watching those commercials back in the 1970s. So they made sure that we knew that making those pop and fresh dough things is Christian. You follow? They'll share our message. They don't have any concern with that. They're just reflecting whatever we ask for. I don't know if you're understanding. The problem isn't with the people making the message. The problem is with the people listening. What do we respond to? What do we determine is going to cause us to move, to live? And we're responding to all sorts of wrong messages. We're, we're living in the stuff that isn't true and isn't real. We're responding to what isn't good. And so they keep feeding it to us because it's what we ask for. This time of year, we talk about the incarnation. That means Jesus being born into the world. We talk about a baby born in a manger, which is, which is a wonderful story. But the incarnation is not about God being born in a barn. It's about God being born in us. And that incarnation makes all the difference. All the difference. The Holy Spirit of God is what's born to us. Not, not, just, not just some baby somewhere long ago that we can not pay any attention to anymore, except for when we light those candles on Christmas Eve. Some people have to be careful of their breath because the flames get going if they, you know, get it too close. I didn't say that, did I? Out loud? No, the, 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 the Christ born to us is the power of God, his Holy Spirit living within us. And that changes us. Jeremiah talked about this in the Old Testament. He said this, this is the covenant or the agreement I will make with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law on their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. God himself will tell us what we need to be. In verse 18 of this passage, it says, these people are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. The problem is, We've hardened our hearts and we're living so much in darkness that we can't hear what the Spirit is saying to us. And God wants to speak to us. But the voices tell us so many other things. Joseph had to, had to figure out what's he going to do. But everybody in his culture is saying, ditch the girl. She's going to mess up your life. And yet there was another message that God wanted to give There's another message that God wanted to give to Joseph. So when he went to sleep, God spoke to him in a dream. I did a little dream research in the Bible just to see. There is not one spot in the Bible where the devil speaks to somebody in a dream. There's never a spot in the Bible where a demon speaks to anybody in a dream. So dreams really are a place where either God speaks to you or you speak to yourself which you do a lot, 
lately I dream a lot about work. I don't know what that means. Right? But, but what you put in your mind, what you, what you fill your life with, you will speak to yourself or God will actually speak to you in dreams. And the reason is, is because it's one of the few places where you can get your attention and you're not distracted by all the other clutter of life, you see? Now, I will say you can have dreams that have immoral things in them that are not good. And the reason is because you put the wrong stuff in your brain. What do you think about just before you go to bed? What do you watch? What do you focus on? What have you filled your mind with will come out in your dreams? Have any of you ever said your prayers before you go to sleep? Anybody ever do that? Yeah, a few of you, yeah. Have you ever fallen asleep doing that? Yeah. And you feel guilty, right? Oh, I didn't make it all the way. Somebody was telling me that. Oh, I fall asleep all the time. That's good. It's okay. It's okay. God's not upset. What that means is you go to sleep thinking of God. Do you follow? So what you're doing, even if you're falling, you're, actually, it's better if you fall asleep in the middle of your dreams because other uh, of your prayers, because otherwise your mind's going to go someplace where it shouldn't, you see? So when you fall asleep in the middle of your prayers, you fall asleep with God, and then God can speak to you in your mind, in your dreams. Would we listen? Do we listen to what God's trying to say to us? God gives us all sorts of messages. I even have a person that, that made me a pillow that says sermon ideas so that I could go to sleep. And, and, and you'd be surprised how many of my sermons come out in my dreams. So we put the right input in and we get the right results. Hebrews says it to us this way. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God, but encourage one another daily as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceit. Every single day, encourage one another, fill yourself up with God, surround yourself by people who will make you stronger in the faith in God. And you'll be on the right path. You'll find yourself journeying to the right place which leads to goodness. We're so believing that it's the culture around us that can make us bad. No one can make you bad except you. It's not what other people are saying. It's what you're accepting, what you're filling your world with. God is great. God is. Let us thank him for our food. You know, that's the first prayer most of us ever said, right? And it's a good one. God is always good. Life with God is better than life without God. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, it says this, Godliness with contentment is great gain. Sounds a lot like God is good, God is great, right? It is, because it's true. Contentment, feeling as if we really are okay and our lives are in the right direction comes from filling our hearts up with the living God. We need to seek, as it says in verse 10 in here, the pleasure that comes from God that leads to real blessing. All these other things just give us a temporary high. We get a sugar high. We feel good because we just engage in some activity that, that kicks our endorphins into high gear. 
But when we live towards those things, even though they're good, they turn into something bad. Too much sugar, we end up with diabetes. Too much promiscuity, any promiscuity, and we end up with a confusion about what real relationships and, 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 and what it means to be intimate and loving towards someone. And the demons take over and they destroy our lives. They ruin our bodies. We end up in depression. We end up in pain. Because those things are temporary. And, and, and taken by the demons, they can be destructive. Whereas what God gives us is forever. It's always good. It's always a blessing. And it satisfies us in our souls. Job did what the angel of the Lord said. He took Mary to be his wife. And he got the life that he was seeking. He raised a family. He had other children. They had a wonderful household and a life together that as far as we can tell was a, what we would call a blessing because he did what God wanted rather than living to the separation and the darkness of a hardened heart. We don't need a hard heart. We don't need hardness at all. We need something soft. We're living to a toast world when we need to live to a biscuit world. That sound, like nails on a chalkboard. But listen to this. That's a different kind of sound. The sound of the weekend. Oh, what a different sound. Yeah, nice soft biscuits with some nice frosting on them. Now we're talking good. Starting to get hungry? They asked me in the kitchen if I was going to make these for them. I said, no. <laughs> I'm not. I'm making them for you. Anybody want a biscuit? Well, you thought I was kidding, huh? You want one too? <laughs> These people up front have been smelling them. <laughs> oh, man, they're not letting them go here. Anybody else want one? Chelsea, you're on the other side of the church here. This, this could slow everything down, you know? I mean, people have to watch me walk all the way around here. <laughs> I got four left. We'll get to them. You see, this isn't about biscuits. This, is, this isn't about artificial trees. This isn't about whether you make your food from scratch or not. This is about what's right and what's wrong. He's making a list. He's checking it twice. He's going to find out who's naughty or nice. Jesus Christ is coming to town. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good, so be good, for God's sake. The battle is for our souls. It didn't say in verse 8 that there is a light. He said, we are the light. We are the light. You want to change the world? Start changing hearts. Start bringing that light of God into more people's lives. Paul didn't say we should live this way. He said, 
We must live this way. I insist on it. He says, don't live like the feudal Gentiles do. In verse 22, he says, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your mind, to put on a new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness, a paradigm shift, a whole different way of being because of what you live to, what you believe in. I was reading the Buffalo News this morning. It was fascinating because they were talking about corrupt regimes around the world. They weren't talking about our country. They were talking about how some parts of the world, the governments are incredibly corrupt. And they compared the ones where, Pete, where, the, where the governments were incredibly corrupt to the ones where they weren't. And they said, you know what the big difference was? Whether the people believed it or not. If the people believed that their government was terribly and incredibly and irrevocably corrupt, then the people became corrupt too and they accepted it. But if the people believed their government was good and meant to do the right thing, they didn't tolerate corruption and they didn't indulge in it themselves just because of what they believed. We talk about what we believe makes the difference. It does. In this case, we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. He enters into our heart and changes us entirely. We live in a culturally confused, right is wrong and wrong is right, swallowing camels while swatting gnats kind of society. But we don't have to be that way. In 1 Corinthians, it says to us, who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we don't have to wait for somebody to instruct us. We have the mind of Christ. He's speaking to you. He's telling you. He's saying, no, yes, do, don't. Joseph couldn't figure it out, so he turned to God, and God gave him the answer. My wife, as of late, has been saying that she wants to go home. That's an interesting statement, because she'll say it sometimes when she's at our house that we call home. She obviously doesn't mean a house. She wants to go back to that world where everything is right, where you feel safe, where it's comfortable, where the blankets come out of the dryer and they're warm and somebody wraps it around you, where you just know that, that, that things are okay and somebody's got their eye on the world and is making sure that goodness happens. I had a choice with these I was, going to, I was get, going to get the biscuits, you know, the flaky ones. I didn't come on this. The flaky ones. But instead, I picked these. And, and there was a reason. I got to the, well, <laughs> these guys here already. <laughs> oh, you're too far back. You're going to sit in the cheap seats. You've got to pay the, pay the bill. <laughs> no, I want to get it. Pass them around. I bought these for a reason. I saw them up there on the shelf in, 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 in the grocery store, and I, I, I put the other ones back. I actually had them in my car. I put them back because these are the biscuits I would make with my daughter every Saturday morning when she was little girl. And I said, oh, I'm going to feel so much better making those. Once they start cooking, I'm going to go, oh, it's home again. Life is all right. 
Now, we say we can't go back to that anymore, but we can. We can. It's a state of mind, the goodness of God. You know the story of the prodigal son? And he went away, and he was living in an immoral world where he was starting to think that what pigs ate was the food he should eat. We're the, we're, we're the prodigal. as a whole culture of people, and it's, it's what's scary is, is people who call themselves Christians are living like this. Looking at the stuff that we know is just a mess, that we know is going to destroy our world and destroying our lives. And God is saying, just turn around. Go the other way. Walk the right path. And he'll take us back. Back to the place where we need to go. Back home with God to goodness, to what's right, to what's a blessing. If you believe, you can go home.
that we can overcome anything in this world, anything thrown at us as a temptation. When we go astray, God gives us the power to overcome it all. thing about the prodigal son, the story of that, is that, that the prodigal, when he turned around, was way far away from home. But it was only shortly thereafter that he met his father. Because his father was all the way down the road waiting for him. God doesn't expect you to do it yourself. This is part of our problem. We think it's all on us, and it seems like this huge burden. And God has said, no, all you have to do is turn around. Repent. I'm there, waiting. He will carry us the rest of the way. He'll speak to you in your hearts and your minds through the Holy Spirit. He'll even speak in your dreams. If you've got your heart open, if you've got your life turned towards him, God will take you back to the home where he will celebrate your life in him. So let's turn around to our God, shall we? Let's pray together. Dear God in heaven, I have sinned. I know what I do is wrong. You know what I do. I'm living for the wrong things. I worry about the wrong things. And I neglect the good things. Change my life. Help me to repent. Help me to live towards you. Fill me with your goodness that my soul might be satisfied and I might be a light to the world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God has already decided to change your life. God has already decided he's going to transform you. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. Glory to God. God is calling us home to the table, the table where he will bless us, the table where we can have fellowship with him that is so close, so intimate, so wonderful. God calls us to the table to pour into us all that we need from him. And God promises if we come, we will meet him in a unique and wonderful way. So come to the table. Everyone is welcome. If you love God, repent of your sin and seek to live in peace as a disciple of Jesus Christ. 
doesn't matter if it's your first time here, it's your first time in any church. If you are seeking to walk with God, if you are seeking to know that peace within you, if you are seeking to be at home, this is the place to come. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets who looked for that day when justice shall roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream, when nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son Jesus Christ, whom you sent in the fullness of time to be a light to the nations. You scatter the proud in the imagination of their hearts and have mercy on those who fear you from generation to generation. You put down the mighty from their thrones and exalt those of low degree. You fill the hungry with good things and the rich you send empty away. Your own son came among us as a servant to be Emmanuel, your presence with us. He humbled himself in obedience to your will and freely accepted death on a cross. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread and gave thanks to you. And he broke the bread and gave it to his disciples. He said, take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup. He gave you thanks and praise. And he gave it to his disciples, saying, Drink from this, all of you. This is the cup of my blood, the blood of the new covenant poured out for you. It is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice, in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here. And on these gifts of bread and wine, make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. 
by your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Shall we pray together the prayer that Jesus taught us? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Will those who are serving please come forward? Jesus Christ invites everyone who seeks after him to come to the table. It doesn't matter if you're a member of this church or not. If you want God in your life, God in your heart, you're welcome to come to his table, which was set for you today. Come home to the Lord, his blessings and his peace. If you'd like to light a candle, as a prayer, you're welcome to do that, or to pause at the rail for anointing, for healing and blessing. Come and join us with
We're going to close our service this morning by singing, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus. I'm going to invite you to stand if you're able as we sing together. Spirit of God pour into your heart. May he guide you and bless you. May he turn you around when you're going the wrong way. May he set you on paths towards home. May God be with you and fill you with goodness. And may God take away all the calories, cholesterol, and everything from your sweet rolls today and always. Go in his peace. Amen.